Hello, I am thrilled to welcome you to a series of interviews that I hope will make a brilliant addition to Six Impossible Things. It's important to me that we hear from creative people from all walks of life. I never want you to think of me as an all-knowing oracle. I am just one person among many who has chosen creativity as a way of life. So I think it's essential to connect with a wide range of people who are at different stages in their creative path. We will have the good fortune of talking to crafters, visual artists, both emerging and established, art teachers, curators, and with people who are just venturing into a new creative hobby. Everyone deserves to have their voices heard. Join me in appreciating and supporting all their efforts equally. Sarah Jurger is a generous and creative person who, in the middle of the pandemic, recognized the value of bringing art into the heart of her community. At the most challenging time, she managed to create a free little art gallery, and she started operating it during the very cold and very dark Vermont winter. A lot has changed since then, and she tells us the story of how she fell down an unexpected rabbit hole of activism and self-fulfillment. This is her cozy little corner of Wonderland, and its doors are always open to everyone. Hello, everyone. Um, I have a very dear guest today in Six Impossible Things. Um, her name is Sarah Jerger, and she'll introduce herself in more detail in just a few moments. Um, Sarah is someone that I met through art making, and we're linked by our love for creativity and a passion for sharing that love with other people who might not otherwise have the chance to experience it. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Six Impossible Things. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. First of all, um, you're a frequent visitor to Wonderland. I know because um, you practice and you make artwork regularly. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of that. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time that listeners get to meet you. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your background, both professionally and personally? Sure. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have a bit of a, ver a varied background. So my day job is in higher education, but um, in, in a creative environment in higher education, mm -hmm. but I'm also a mixed media artist myself. I'm a mom of two and I curate and operate a free little art gallery in my yard. And I have been making art and doing crafts my entire life. And I took a bit of a pause when I had two very, very young children and art took a complete backseat. And uh, then it was time for, for myself to reemerge a little bit once they started getting a little bit older. And that's when I really started committing to a much more regular art practice myself. Um when we're talking about perhaps obstacles, let's, let's look at, at it from, from that perspective. 
in your opinion, since, since you're uh, coming back into creating and uh, making artwork again, what are the biggest obstacles uh, to letting yourself fall the, down the rabbit hole, so to speak, of creative living in general? Mm. I think one of the most common things that you probably hear is time, right? Like mm -hmm. making the time for it. We all have the same amount of time and minutes in a day, um, but making the time and finding the energy for that, right? On top of a full-time job, on top of being a full-time mom, all of that stuff. And so, yeah, time is one of the biggest things, but it's also uh, one of the biggest obstacles is really just letting myself go and be free with my art making is, is also a huge obstacle for me. So there, are they both, uh, you know, perceived obstacles, I call them sometimes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's both really. I think especially with time, it is definitely a reality and a perception, right? And so the reality is I am busy and I do have a lot mm -hmm. of stuff going on, but when I look at what I value and what brings me joy into my life every day, it's creativity and art making that I need to set aside time for in order to fill my bucket a little bit before I can keep serving others all the time. So I, I really look at it um, very much as a practice for my own well-being as well that I, I have to make time, you know, for these things to happen. It's very interesting that you say that because going back to the issue of uh, having children and having to perhaps hit the pause button for a little while, I remember all the children's books that uh, we had and I used to read to them um, just became one of my main sources of inspiration because I really love to read, but mm -hmm. there was a time when I was reading to them rather than for myself. But it's true, time is the number one reason that I always hear about when I ask the question, what's keeping you, perhaps what's keeping you stuck or what's keeping you from starting or what's keeping you from restarting, right? Time is a, it's a real problem. Well, it's interesting you say that with the inspiration from the kids too, because that made yeah. me think about when I was doing my, um, my, my master's degree, I had very, very young children at the time and mm -hmm it was a way for me to compartmentalize like art making time as part of my graduate school work. And so much of that work was all about the invisible labor of women and moms and identity and all these multiple identities that we have as women. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was a, a neat connection that I just had when you, when you said that for sure. I find that there is always a progression, you know, from the initial spark and when we're talking about being creative, it happens, uh, it, it grows slowly. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of pattern of growth from the time that you decided to take the leap into, you know, coming back into being creative? Um, um, what, what, what changes have you noticed from the time you started to where you are today, for instance? Hmm, I think in a very practical sense, and then I'll get to the other, but in a very practical sense, it was a change in carving out a physical space for myself to do work. Um, that was really important. It started off as a small little desk and then it's grown and grown and grown and it's still in my basement. It's an unfinished basement. It's nothing fancy, but it's my space and I have dedicated space to make, which is really important for me. And then I think other 
patterns I've noticed is just once you get into the rhythm of creative practice on a regular basis, it's, it's a domino effect of one thing leading to another to another. So it's impossible for me to look at a piece and say, oh, it's directly tied to this specific instance most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a culmination and I can look at this web, right, of my past experiences and see how all of these different things have woven together um, to create whatever work I'm doing at the time. But I really think it's about that, so much is about that regular practice, whatever that looks like for whatever season of life you're in at the time. You know, I remember when my kids were really little, it was doing those coloring books for adults, right? It was something, it was was just doing something um, to be able to, to flex my creative muscles a little bit. And that was it for years, probably. And I, even that I didn't do very consistently. Um, but yeah, it's just that piling on and interweaving of all your different experiences, I think, um, throughout time. So there is, in fact, that progression, because a lot of people that I talk to tend to have this all or nothing mentality when it comes to mm-hmm. being creative. All of a sudden, they want to jump into the deep end and they set these really high expectations for themselves. And um, more times than not, I find that that leads to disappointment. Do mm-hmm. you feel like a slow but consistent approach is, is the best one? I think so. I'm a like hand up right now, recovering perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and it's been, especially over the last few years, especially with COVID and having my kids at home and all the things we've all dealt with, right? Yeah. Um, you, I had to just let go of things. I was really starting to have a lot of problems with anxiety and I had to really let go of things. So yes, I think a slow, a slow burn, um, really, I love the saying that Martha Beck says about going towards what's warm, mm-hmm. like listening to yourself, listening to your body and really going towards what feels good to you and letting the rest go by. And if it's something that you love, you can kind of look at it and say, okay, I'll come back to you when I'm ready. But right now my heart is telling me to go in this direction. But the most important changes are internal, right? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's all about mindset. So much about mindset. Yeah. More than just the setup of your particular space. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, I know we might talk about the the little art gallery a little bit later, but I just started to run these free community workshops this summer. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was thinking, oh, gosh, I don't have a good space for this. I, you know, people, people might not be interested, you know, all of these self-deprecating thoughts about why this isn't the right time to do this, right? I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, you know what, like that my heart is being called to do this. I have to do it. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be outside on my back deck under my pop-up canopy. It's going to be small, but I need to do this. I, I'm feeling called to do this. And the time is never perfect and the time is never right. So I think it's just about jumping in where you're feeling called at any moment. And I can attest to the fact that they are a success because I've been there and uh, an absolute success and people have a wonderful time they learn things, they enjoy the company of other people, they're creative, they feel like the space is 
absolutely perfect for letting themselves go and mm. there's no judgment. So, uh, I mean, it couldn't be better even if you had designed it in any other way. <laughs> I mean, I don't know really what you could add to it to make it even better than it already is. Well, so, thank, you. thank you for being part of it. But it, it's true. Uh, and mm. I mean, I see it when I just have to look around the table when, when I'm there and how people are just so into what they're doing, mm-hmm. even people who have never before picked up a tube of acrylic paint or, right. or anything like that. And that's fantastic to see. I enjoy seeing that. I was Last time I was there, I was very quiet. And uh, I, I realized that I had been very quiet throughout afterwards. But it was because I was really enjoying, you know, watching other people work and have this realizations and these revelations all the time and that to me it's beautiful I, I was so glad to be part of it even if I, even if I was just like the fly on the wall so to speak <laughs> you know so mm-hmm. have you had any any surprises along the way that you didn't expect anything anything that you didn't expect initially at all hmm uh well I really didn't expect to to start hosting these workshops that was one thing that I, I never intended to do mm-hmm. when I um, the little gallery or my own creative practice. So that's fun. Um, and the hosting and teaching side of that has been really fun. Um, I never really thought I was going to paint. I had always been very intimidated by paint. Mm-hmm. I thought that paint was scary. <laughs> paint can be scary sometimes, no, I guess. Right? And so I started like just dabbling a little bit of watercolor and then I would pick up some, you know, cheap little craft paints at the store and just started to experiment. And so that has been a big um, surprise. And then one event I can think of, it happened, I think it was um, in the fall or maybe in the winter, I had this um, idea just wash over me for a painting, but going back to the perfectionist thing, I kept thinking about, oh, I don't have an easel. I don't have a big piece of canvas. I don't know how to paint. I haven't been formally trained or anything like that. And I had this idea and I had to make it happen. And so I was like trembling in the car because I had so much creative energy about it. I couldn't get home. And I like grabbed an old piece of plywood and propped it up against a bookcase. And I took some big pieces of watercolor paper that I had and I sewed them together to make one large piece. And then I did this painting that I had in my, in my mind. And that was, that experience was so surprising to me, so transformational for me. And it really, um, I guess, gave me confidence again to listen to myself and just go with where my heart is, is leading me. And where do uh, perhaps, I don't want to call them failures, but I mean, things sometimes don't turn out the way we envision them. And that's inevitable because uh-huh. uh, it's, it's part of the creative journey. Um, where do failures, uh, um, you know, where do they fit in? in this learning learning curve that happens they are everything <laughs> they are so important because it's it's just about you putting yourself out there and in a way that and just for yourself even even if you're not sharing it with anyone else you're putting yourself onto whatever substrate or you know sculpture or whatever you're making 
And the failures um, teach you, the failures teach you how to, what you do like, right? About maybe mm-hmm. there's some little inkling in there that you do like, and it teaches you what you don't like. And it teaches you where you might want to go next, um, listening to yourself and go, okay, well, that did not come out how I planned it or how I thought it might. But that's really interesting the way that this texture looks with that color over it. Maybe I'll try some more with that. Um, and keep these for the last year. I've kept these three tiny little eight by eight canvases in my studio space. And they've just been, I call them like my play pieces. And they just take whatever leftover paint or plaster or little collage pieces that I've been working on. And I just slap it on there, you know, just so that nothing goes to waste. It just gets slapped on these little canvases, very odd color combinations, very odd textures, but I just keep adding to them and adding to them and adding to them. And the other day I just sort of went over them with some white, white off white paint and started playing with some more paint. And I was like, Oh, wow this is really interesting the way that this plaster is looking with this watery effect of paint that I'm doing. I I hadn't expected that to happen. And so now I'm like trying to hopefully reproduce that bit of happy accident, right. Or, or failure um, because it taught me about something that I could maybe try a little bit harder on and see what happens. That's fascinating because um, I think, you know, my point was that the notion of failure within the, you know, creative uh, or or art making process, um, we have to accept it with all its consequences and, and, um, you know, live with it, learn from it, but then transform it. And I think that uh, our creative practice and art practice is a very actually a very safe space to fail in I guess not being afraid of failure within this fear builds up some kind of resilience that perhaps you can translate to other parts of your life as well Mm -hmm. and uh, I find that particularly useful because I do as you were mentioning earlier suffer from anxiety as well and mm-hmm. I find that when when I work, you know, when I make collages in my case, which is my primary form of expression, um, there's something about the cutting, the touching of the paper, the sitting, you know, the small movements of the hands and the hand-eye coordination that, that soothes me. And mm-hmm. then that carries over to the rest of my day. It doesn't it doesn't end when I stop making the collage. And I think that anything that we learn through failure, through successes, through whatever is happening while we're making art carries over into the rest of our lives as well. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So uh, that's a big, I think it's a big value for your money, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think women's like we're wired to make things with our hands and use our hands. That's so true. You that know, is so true. With so much technology, which is amazing, but it's one tool in our toolbox for us to be using technology. And I know I'm on a screen for probably 10 plus hours a day most days. Wow. 
And so I need to be able to detach from that and tap in to this, this, this innate, right. Need to have something tactile, you know, to do with my hands. And I think you're right. I think that's, um, it definitely carries over into other areas. It does for me. Definitely. So Mm -hmm. I hope it does for other people. And I think that's one of the, the, the things that I would like to, um, um, you know, get across that there are some real benefits, psychological benefits, you know, to art making and to being creative in any area. I mean, it does, you don't have to be making collages and you don't have to be painting. You can do other things as well, Mm -hmm. but uh, definitely things that carry over and are going to help you in other areas of your life as well. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit before we conclude our conversation today about and I hope that you will come back because I know there's so many other things that there's much more that we could be talking about um but tell me a little bit about the gallery um and about what a free little art gallery is because um mm-hmm. how did this initiative come about I'm sure that there are a lot of people there are a lot of listeners who are not familiar with the concept mm-hmm. so what is a little art gallery Sure. Um, So a free little art gallery is much like people are very, or most people are familiar with a little free library where you take a book, leave a book, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And this is an art gallery version of that. And so people can leave art in there, take art both. And it's basically a little box, just like a little library would be, but it's set up inside with little easels or little rails, little clips so that people can put small pieces of art inside. I'd say the average piece of art is, you know, about four by six ish or smaller. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what it is. It's an open accessible, um, all the time. We have little solar lights in there. So if people come by in the evening, it's, it's still there, but it's in our side yard and how it came about was, I mean, we were obviously, we opened it in April of 2021. So we had, you know, been through a pandemic for a year mm-hmm. already. And, you know, we were isolated. We were lonely. It was the depths of winter here in Vermont. Um, when I came across this idea, it was January. I had also just broken my ankle. So I was just ah. very homebound and very... In many ways. Yes, exactly. In many, many, many ways. And so I saw this article um, about a free little art gallery run by an artist named Stacy Mulraney out in Seattle. And it talked about this little gallery that she had just put out in front of her yard a couple months prior. And I said to my husband, I was like, I need to, I need to do that. I need to make one of those here and I have no idea if anyone's going to come by. We live on a, you know, little side street in suburbia here in Vermont. There's not a ton of people. But I thought even if it's just a place where I can put my art, my kids can put their art, if nobody looks at it, if nobody takes at it, takes takes it, whatever, at least it's out there. Um, and so we did it. We built it and we opened it up in early April of 2021. And it was really just a way to bring joy to people's lives, to hopefully have some connection both to other people, but to also art and creativity and really help encourage people to tap into their own creativity, make art, even if they don't consider themselves a capital A artist, 
um, really to have accessible art for our community, also in a way that was safe during a very, still very scary, stressful time when there were no vaccines or anything like that yet. So it was not a, you know, it was not a person to person sort of interaction. It was very safe in that way. Um, and so we, we opened it up in April of last year. And in the first year, there was over 800 pieces of art that exchanged hands in the wow. gallery. And um, it's really fun. I also love miniatures and dollhousey type things. So there's little a little bench in there and there's little people and the people are the patrons of the gallery. Mm -hmm. And I get, I get to go in there and play dollhouse a little bit and move things around and curate the, curate the work. And um, I receive art from artists all over the country too in the mail. And so it's fun to, to put their work in there and rotate things out. So anybody, so anybody can get involved. Um, yeah. I mean, not only people who live around you, but you're receiving art from all over the country. Yeah. Uh, maybe somebody's listening, thinking, I would like to have something in the art gallery, in the Free yeah. Little Art, Ga art Gallery. How can they reach you? Absolutely. Um, the easiest place is on Instagram or Facebook, and it's Free Little Art Gallery Essex Junction, um, and it's Essex JCT. And that's, that's the best place to send me a, a DM there on Instagram if you want my information to be able to send us art. And you can follow along on either of those pages too and just see what's, what's new in the gallery. Sometimes we'll have free art supplies in there, um, you know, special little events and workshops and things like that, different themes maybe for the holidays. So it's, it's fun. So it's really accessible just for anybody who has the desire to just contribute a little piece, children yeah. included. Absolutely. Yes. All ages, stages, abilities, everyone's creativity is celebrated in the little art gallery. That's wonderful because it is in itself a catalyst for creativity because people perhaps that, um, you know, would hesitate to do it in a, in a different setting uh, yeah. feel don't feel un intimidated and and particularly if they send things through the mail and uh, that's that's really cool and then they get to see their creations you post uh, pictures mm -hmm. of of the interior mm -hmm. of the gallery is that correct yes that's right that's right i definitely miss some right some things come and go before i can snap a picture but i do try to take pictures that's because there's a lot of traffic and it's very popular it's <laughs> so it's all a good thing yeah. actually <laughs> It's very, very fun. It's a total judgment-free space to be able to uh, express yourself and get your art out there. So I want to keep uh, informed of what's going on because every time I turn around, you have something else going on. And that's really encouraging and that's really lovely to see because it, it makes me want to do more as well. It makes me, I don't know, it kind of lights a fire a well, little bit, you, you know, so I that's great. That. Yes, I have you to thank too because you definitely helped me when I was uh, getting back into things with one of your one of your workshops. And oh, th those was... were very little and very modest. I think that you have the the gift of organization, which is one that I don't have, and uh, <laughs> you're very adept at um, you know social media and things like that, which I'm not either. I think you do a marvelous job, something that I could never do. So. So good, good for you. Keep, keep it up, keep it going because I would vicariously, I'm living through it and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. It brings me a lot of joy. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. And um, I hope to talk to you very soon again. 
Thank you everyone for joining us for this episode of Six Impossible Things. And I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Six Impossible Things. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next week. Subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss any episodes. And visit madcollage.com for original artwork, exclusive prints, and monthly offers. For extra goodies, please visit my Redbubble store and select your favorite merchandise. You can also help make Six Impossible Things possible with a small contribution so that I can enjoy a lovely cup of tea while I write and edit this content. Have a peaceful and creative week. Take care.